Hello and welcome to the REIT Report. I'm Sarah Borg from Quito, and today we're taking a mid-year review of real estate fundamentals with my guest, Carly Tripp. Carly is Global Chief Investment Officer and Head of Nuveen Real Estate Investments, one of the world's leading investment managers with over $125 billion in assets under management. Carly, welcome back to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks for having me. So I wanted to start off by asking you about your current views on the outlook for inflation and interest rates, and how should real estate investors weigh these factors in their broader allocation decisions? Yes, our our house view is that inflation is transitory, which you also heard in the recent Fed meeting. Uh, But that doesn't mean it's not impactful, of course, to uh, our industry. The bottlenecks in the supply chain have resulted in fluctuations for building materials, and then, of course, the labor shortage has resulted in delays as well. Although we have seen some improvement there, you know, clearly lumber prices, as an example, have decreased and are now around 70% below peak, so that's a positive. So, again, overall, we're not concerned at this point and continue to see a recovery across the board with some of these supply-demand imbalances. Uh, we expect to rectify it over the next two or three quarters. Related to interest rates, interest rates are, are clearly tough to gauge. We've been talking about an expectation of increased interest rates for a decade now, and still rates remain extremely attractive. The Fed said they have no plans to raise short-term rates anytime soon. Clearly, long-term rates are dependent on the market rather than monetary policy, but we don't expect an environment where there is a sharp increase in long-term rates for a sustained amount of time. We would expect increases to be more modest uh, with a slower, gradual progression over time based on the current environment, which is really healthy and it's also manageable as a uh, commercial real estate investor. Right. And how does diversification and a localized approach to real estate investing fit into your outlook for inflation and rates? Inflation and rates are, you know, clearly core macro fundamentals that can impact our asset class. Um, really, they, they impact all asset classes overall. If you're an international investor, changes to these may make certain non-domestic markets more or less attractive on a short-term basis. But I think that's less impactful if we're looking across states here in the U.S. So generally, diversification in any portfolio is extremely important. I drive that message home often. If you have a highly diversified portfolio, and that can mean several things, diversification can come in the form of sector diversification, geographical diversification, tenant diversification, vintage. You're better equipped to handle changes to the macro environment, so changes to inflation or rates better than if you have a lot of idiosyncratic risk within your portfolio. And certainly we've seen that over the last 15 months, as an example, uh, in the dispersion of return across sectors. So we've seen that, you know, if you were over or underweight certain sectors, um, you got disproportionately hurt or disproportionately had outsized returns over the last 15 months. So again, Having a diversified approach over the long term as real estate investors is going to be better equipped to to handle any short-term changes to the business cycle. So would you say the market now has better insight into real estate valuations? And what impact is that having on the pace of M&A deals? 
Yes, the market is active enough, again, compared to a year ago, that there is more capital flow, there's more trades, which, of course, is used to substantiate valuation. Deal volume did triple in the U.S. in the second quarter of 2021, and we don't anticipate there to be any slowing pace throughout the remainder of the year. This expectation that there would be distress sales over the last year or so never transpired, and financing conditions are conducive to a healthy environment for investing. Also, the economy is recovering, corporate balance sheets and earnings tell a positive story, and investor demand for real estate remains strong. So we have seen some large M&A activity this year, and yes, any bid-ask deviations that we experienced you know, during the, the second quarter of 2020 that were really the inhibitors for those large transactions have really resolved at this point. And has the pandemic shifted your views of what constitutes core and non-core real estate? And do you see further changes happening on that front? You know, I don't think so, Sarah. We find that each investor has a slightly different view on what they bucket as core and non-core, uh, whether that be sector classification, leverage decisions, occupancy, capital expenditures, et cetera. There are slight variations in views there. One dynamic that may shift is that historically, many would classify any subsector outside of the four main property types of industrial, multifamily, retail, and office as non-core. And I do think over time that will change. So alternative sectors such as storage will move between core or non-core based on the underlying property characteristics rather than broadly defining these as non-core. But that's not necessarily pandemic-related. It's more so related to the fact there is more capital flow and therefore more liquidity now to support these alternative subsectors. And which property sectors do you see as having the most potential in the current environment? And what impact will increased attention on certain property types have on the level of competition for assets? From a fundamental perspective, we continue to experience a very healthy environment within our industrial and housing portfolios as we track day-to-day -day activity. And we expect that to continue as, again, the macro environment and recovery is in a period of growth for the next several quarters. From a competitive standpoint, clearly anytime you have more demand than supply, that will result in appreciation of asset prices which is a normal and positive phenomenon. But I do think in sectors where there is less competition currently, like retail and office, um, but, but where they're also poised to participate in the recovery and economic growth, investors will eventually turn their attention back to these sectors. Um, and until then, there are corners of the market where you can find really attractive relative value there right now. Great. And are there any other key trends that you're focusing on right now? Well, broadly, we're always watching technology and consumer behavior and how that will impact demand for physical real estate. We're in a period of rapid change as a result of technological advancements. So how you position your portfolios so you're limiting disruption risk is really very important. Uh, but more specifically, we are watching retail very closely. I think the pandemic was helpful in illuminating some consumer trends which were in question before. One was the growth in buy online and pick up in store and accordingly how retailers are or aren't adapting to their omnichannels. 
So we, we still see 78% of online orders involve a physical store, whether it's same-day store pickup or goods being shipped directly from the store. So the physical store and connectivity to consumers is still critical. And overall, um, I believe, you know, the death of retail as a headline really overall lacks a, a lot of detail and context around the sector. So that's something we're studying very closely right now. Are you concerned about the COVID variants? Has that changed your outlook on any sector or the economy in general? Currently, I'm, I am not. You know, it, it's clearly an externality that is out of our control. But if we look at the U.S. overall and we look at the amount of the population that is vaccinated, we're trending very well. Um, and then if we look at the total overall number of COVID cases, the number of hospitalizations, and the number of, of deaths, they're still very low. Uh, compared to what we experienced in 2020. And so I think going forward, we are all going to have to deal with COVID. And I think that we're all figuring out how to live with COVID in our local economies and then nationwide as well. But I do not expect any further mass shutdowns, particularly here in the U.S., that would inhibit growth going forward. Carly, many thanks again for your time today. Thank you. Thank you, Sarah. And to our listeners, if you enjoyed today's podcast, please leave a review or subscribe on iTunes or your preferred podcast platform. 